Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. A guy that has played in this game before, you saw him in studio last night with the SEC Network, Richard Hendricks, former Alabama great, at R. Hendricks 35, he and the shooter. And Peter Burns in the studio last night. The shoot-up was on the show. Anytime he comes on the show, Richard, it is a wild, wild journey. I can imagine hanging with him for several hours watching hoops. It definitely is. But, you know, the shooter needs a big man to throw it down to every once in a while. So uh, I had to join him in there and kick it back out to him and let him knock one down. But we had a good time in there uh, last night and uh, a lot of fun with some really good games. So we were talking about this earlier. Uh, rarely, and, and the numbers back this up, have both teams been this good at the same time. And as a guy that played in this game, I would imagine even though Auburn was a big rival, State was a big rival for you when you were at Alabama, seeing these two programs being among the best in the SEC so consistently still has to warm your heart to see what this rivalry is. A guy that grew up in this state, what this rivalry is in basketball. I mean, I love it. I mean, you talk about you want to see Alabama and Auburn with high-level basketball, and not only is it just basketball from a team perspective, but you talk about individually. It's been some stars and NBA prospects in the recent matchup. You talk about Walker Kessler, Jabari Smith at Auburn, Brandon Miller, Noah Clowney in recent years, the last three SEC championships in high-level coaching, two different styles of basketball, too, that are exciting to watch. Uh, I think it's going to be another really good matchup. You know, Alabama winning the last three. Auburn's going to be hungry, and the jungle will definitely be uh, rocking in there. So it should be another good one. Richard, yesterday Bruce Pearl talked about how if they can hold Mark Sears down, they have a better chance of winning. Realistically, what does it look like to contain a player like Sears? Well, that's hard to do. You, you know, talking about Sears, I think him along with Dalton Connect, and you have to throw in Antonio Reeves, are in a really close race for the SEC Player of the Year. Um You're talking about a guy who's a 50, 40, 90 guy flirting with that 50% from two, 40% from three, and almost 90% from the free throw line. He's very, very strong. He loves to get out in transition, gets downhill, explosive when he gets around the basket and not afraid to finish amongst the bigs. And when you leave him open, he can knock down three balls. So, I mean, that has to be the game plan. He's definitely the, the straw that stares the drink with Alabama. But that's a much easier said thing to do uh, than, than to stop Mark Sears. As a guy who played the game, and Auburn had to deal with this on January 24th, and Alabama will deal with it tonight, all road games and road officiating, uh, is it perception or reality that maybe the home team gets a call or two more than the visiting team? Or is that just a, a thing you can't think about as a visiting player? Oh, uh, it definitely seems as a reality. Listen, you know, I, I coach my, my kids team, eight, young, eight-year-old and six-year-old. My, my eight-year-old was in the playoffs last night, and, and it seemed like there was some home cooking on the other side. <laughs> Austin first round after being a number one seed. So, listen, I, I'm not over that just yet. So when you talk about being the road team and you show on the road, it does seem like the calls don't go your way. And you have to admit, the human element is part of the game. When the crowd gets into it and you see that controversial block charge call, and depending on where you are in the game, if the crowd is behind it, I would have to say that it seems like officials ne- definitely lean towards making the call that's going to make it more comfortable than them when the crowd is on top of them. So when you're the pro- home team, teams get on big runs, officiating definitely plays a role. 
Uh, but when you're coming into those games, you have to block that out. You have to know that's going to be that it's going to be the case, and you have to just play the game. Yeah, it was very physical over in Coleman Coliseum. Uh, did you ever find that officiating crews, the different crews, called things differently? Like they let them play a little bit in Tuscaloosa, and that may have helped Alabama out a little bit. Do you do you think officiating crews are, are different personality wise about how they let you play? They don't let you play certain ones. I, I think they do, and. and you know, oftentimes, if you want to be honest, I know a lot of times it seems like late calls that officials make play a role in the game. But if official really wanted to change the complexion of the game, they would do it in the very beginning. You'd get a couple cheap fouls called, some over the back, some moving screen early on in the game that would change the whole complexion with one of the better players. But it's a different game than when I played. The physicality was embraced in the low post. You're going to see a guard-heavy pick-and-roll action in today's game. So a lot of the fouls that you see are not necessarily going to be committed when you talk about the physical play. Uh, but at the same time, it's a saying you have as a player, and a lot of coaches will say this. You know, If you foul 20 times, the officials will call 20 fouls. If you foul 40 times, the officials will call 20 fouls. <laughs> so the team that goes out there and plays with the aggression will set the tone for the officiating and that will be how the game will be. They're not going to foul everybody in the game, but you got to play hard. Richard Hendricks with us for a few more moments of the Johnston RV Center.com hotline, SEC Network, former Alabama great, at rhendricks35 on Twitter. Um, Nate Oates was talking about how loud the crowd gets at Neville Arena and how it affects communication. As a player, how does that manifest itself? Like, Give me examples of, of the difficulty of communicating on the road. Where can that crop up? Well, I'll tell you several examples of those. When you talk about teams and they change defenses, and particularly if they press or do some surprising, they've been playing man for a few possessions and then they switch the zone. If you have a player that's headed down an offensive transition with his head away from the point guard and he's not paying attention to the call that's being changed, that possession where they're not paying attention, you don't get the right play in, and you end up shooting a bad shot at the end of the shot clock without making the defense work, that kind of stuff leads into possessions that have been given away. And when you have really good basketball, uh, two really good teams, you cannot throw away a possession. You have to come down the court organized, knowing where the ball is going, recognizing what the defense is in, and then try to get a quality shot. If you shoot a bad shot, you might as well just count that as a turnover. So, the crowd noise definitely plays a factor. You have to be prepared for it. Point guard play and guard play has to be solid. They have to quarterback the team, make sure everyone's understanding. And when you're listening to your coach to give you some instructions in the timeout, understand that you have to be able to use that for several plays, several possessions, and be aware if he needs to make a change up on the fly. Very hard to do when it, with a hostile crowd. Yeah, that's great insight. One more question about Auburn because the first time this game was played – there were, there were a lot of people saying, why is Deny Broom not touching it every time? They've got a huge advantage on the inside. They probably still have that advantage tonight, but since Alabama has moved Nelson to the inside, it feels like that interior defense has been a little better for the Tide. It's been much better. I think that Nelson is definitely a fighter. And sometimes, I will say this, as a big man, it's more difficult to play against a wing player. And Nelson is not a traditional big you know, by any shape of the matter. But it's more difficult to play against a guy who has the agility, that can move his feet, that can front you in the post, that can show different looks, that maybe is lighter, that you have a little bit of alert, that they might take a flop or a charge. 
So it's hard to play, harder at sometimes to play physical basketball against a guy that has quicker feet. Nelson has done a really good job stepping in, but it's not just going to be what he's going to do defensively. You know, he has the skill set to be an alpha. And early in the season, I think a lot of people saw him doing a lot of really good things, but he has kind of fallen off from the offensive production and turned into a really high-quality glue guy. If Alabama's going to get this win tonight, they're going to need a big performance out of Grant Nelson and also as well to pair him along with the guards. Fantastic insight. Richard Hendricks, see him on the SEC Network. Follow him on Twitter at rhendricks35. Richard, thank you very much for the time. Always great catching up. Thank you, guys. All right, buddy. Talk soon. Richard with us on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. Love his insight. Does a great job for the SEC Network. He, he really does. 